Hey guys, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend, a podcast about mental health and astrology. Have you guys ever had a bad day or felt so anxious to the point where you are struggling to find yourself in this vast society we call life? Not to worry, guys. I have felt this way too. The podcast interviews guests from college students to parents and even experts that talk about their journey to where they are in the present moment. So sit back and relax and remember that you are not alone. Without further ado, let's get started with today's podcast. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Episode 37 talks about the story of Holly Wharton. Holly is an author, podcaster, and speaker, and she helps a lot of young writers publish their own books for the first time. Holly talks a lot about her spiritual journey through connecting with nature, to writing books, and even starting her podcast. Holly really gets into mental health and ways in which nature and spirit can connect and help people overcome life conflicts. But you guys can check out Holly's work by checking the links in the show description. And like always, guys, please like, rate, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Your ratings will help boost the podcast overall. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Holly. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest, Holly Wharton. Holly, what's going on, and how are you feeling today? I'm excited. I've never done anything like this before. I mean, I've been on tons of podcasts, but never linked it with astrology, so this is exciting. Yeah, I I know, and just like I say to all my guests that come on, we're going to have fun, talk a little bit about everything, you know, your journey, work, passions, relationships, and astrology, like I always say to everybody, it's it's another tool in the toolbox that can like really help us understand ourselves, because at the end of the day, the longest relationship that you have in this world is the relationship with yourself. So I, I love astrology. It's fun. And that's I think that's where we can really uh, kick off our podcast with. So I know you're interested in astrology, Holly. Uh, where did astrology really come for you and how do you feel about it overall? I have very little experience with it. So obviously my first kind of experience with astrology really isn't astrology. It's that horoscope crap that you see in like magazines and publications. It's not really astrology, but you think it is because you don't know any better. 
<laughs> so that, which I never really connected with. And then I would say about, I don't know, 12 or 15 years ago, I got a reading done. Um, and this woman told me all this stuff about myself that was totally accurate. And she had never met me before. Like she just read my chart and she was like, oh, this, this, and this, and this. And I was like, wow, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I've kind of dipped in and out since then, but but I don't, haven't really kind of done a deep dive into it, which is why I find it really fascinating um, because what I learned really resonated with me, but, you know, haven't done too much with it. Yeah, I got you. And, and I know like before, like all, all the guests come on, like I usually tell them to send me like their like astrology chart and yeah. stuff. And one of the things that really stood out for me, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit more as we get into work and stuff, but like there's traits at the bottom of your chart. So like there's masculine traits and feminine traits. And for you, you have more masculine than feminine. So what that is, what that means is like with masculine energy, it's more like taking on like leadership, you know, like really putting yourself out there not really being afraid, you know, to like take a step back, you know, you're very like self-starting, very go-getting. Whereas like with feminine traits, it's more like understanding yourself spiritually, taking that step back to really like just like find yourself and stuff. So that's one of the things how I really wanted to highlight before we really get into everything. Cause I know um, when it comes to work and stuff, that's going to be some fun and stuff and all, and all that fun stuff. Um, but just continuing our, our conversation. So I know we, I just mentioned about work and stuff Tell everybody, Holly, what are some passions that you do and what are some things that you do for work? Well, I'm an author and I'm a publishing strategist, so I write my own books. I have a blog. I'm a podcaster, but I also help authors to independently publish their books and I help them find the best avenues to publish their books. And I help depending on what they need is what I offer. So if they just need book launch, we do that. Um, I also do like project management. So liaising with all the editors and proofreaders and cover designers and, and that. And my husband and I work together and we do, we also do translation. So he's a native Spanish speaker. I'm a native English speaker. So we do English and Spanish translation. So I'm actually right now working on translating a novel from Spanish to English, and he's working on a bunch of stuff from English to Spanish. So, so all kinds of stuff. It's fun. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And, and just building off of that, like, where did that passion really stem from for you, Holly? That's a great question. And I was always a huge reader when I was a kid. I loved books. They were kind of my escape. I, I just, I loved reading and I couldn't get enough books to satisfy my appetite. So when I was seven years old, I actually wrote a series of my own books about this dog and this horse that went on these adventures. And so I wrote a lot when I was really little and then I kind of stopped and then it wasn't until about 10, well, 2006, I started blogging. And so that was kind of my start to get, to get back into the world of writing. Um, so, yeah, started when I was really little. Oh, I got you. That's really cool. And, and that really just adds to like what we were talking about a little bit earlier, like the fact that you're at age seven, you're already like writing down books, you know, and you really have like that creative side, um, taking taking like that leadership, you know, taking that steps. I mean, when I was seven, I was just playing video games and <laughs> and like just just trying to figure playing sports, you know, so like the yeah. fact that you're able to already start creating books at seven, that's definitely I could definitely see how that passion has translated to now. Um, but I know you mentioned that you help a lot with people getting published. Um, my next yeah. question is like, tell me a little bit about like that process of getting published. Like, how do you really help someone get published? 
So I'm a big fan of independent publishing rather than traditional publishing. So what I do is I help clients set up their own publishing house, self-publish their books under their own name. So we never publish people's books for them because I want them to have the autonomy and I want them to be empowered to do things their way. But oftentimes people don't know how to do that and they don't want to learn. So I kind of set it up for them. And then once it's set up, I teach them how to manage it from here on out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's definitely interesting. Cause I know like, so like, let's say like someone is just trying to like publish their book, you know, cause I know you mentioned how like you're really big on like the independence and I definitely think yeah. that's a great avenue. You want to be individually published instead of published by, you know, like a company or something. Um, what's really like the difference? Because I, I, I'm just curious. I really want to know, like, what's really the difference between the two? So I've been self-employed for years and years and years. So for me, I really like to have control over every aspect of the project. I want to hire the editor I want to work with. I want to hire the proofreader I want to work with. I want to hire the cover designer I want to work with. And I want to be in charge of the team that I'm working with for my book to create my book the way I want it to be. Whereas if you're working with a traditional publisher, they've got the cover designers, they've got the editors, and you've got to work with whomever they give to you, which might be a good fit or it might not. And I've heard a lot of horror stories from friends who have been traditionally published where they just really didn't see eye to eye with the editor and had a really rough time with it. So I would prefer to kind of pick and choose the people that I work with and the same for my clients. Um, Also, there's I'm I like to get things done. When I have an idea for a book, I get it done, I write it, I get it edited, and I get it out there. Whereas with traditional publishers, from the time you're you know, hired to write this book to the time it comes out, two or three years might go by. And to me, that's just too slow. Um, I'm kind of a fast-paced kind of person. So I would be going crazy if I had to wait three years for a book to come out. You know, I want it out there and I want, you know, I want to get going on the next one. I don't want limitations on how much I can produce or when I can produce it. Yeah, I know that that's definitely a really cool answer because for I can also relate to that too. Like, especially when it comes to like just getting stuff done, I can only imagine like being told you have to wait two to three years for like your book to be published, especially something you created and you spent a lot of time just building and creating on your own. So to get it out there and publish it right away. And then you can, like you said, Holly, build up on the next one and stuff like that. Um, but just continuing our conversation, I know you mentioned a lot about like helping others publish books and stuff, and I'm really happy that you're doing that helping people out has there ever been like uh is there any like like uh like books or or things that people have created that really stood out to you as you were helping them like publish their own books and stuff like that um i mean yeah we've worked with nonfiction, fiction like all of the authors we've worked with have been just really a pleasure to work with but i think What's been the most satisfying thing is to work with certain clients long-term, so two, three, four years, and see how they've improved as a writer over that time and see how they've learned from the editor's comments and how they've taken them on board. And and I have this one client in particular that I'm thinking of who's always said, you know, thank you so much for everything that you've done because I know I'm a better writer now that I've written all these words and gone through this process so many times. And he's just improved at the craft. So that's really nice to see. Yeah, that's definitely good because uh, I, I like to ask that question because especially like with the job that you do, like you're working with a lot of people, you know, and yeah. seeing that growth from start to finish is definitely something that's cool to see. Um, but just continuing our conversation, sticking to like the books and stuff, I know like you've created a lot of books, especially with like nature and stuff, Holly. Yeah. Um, where did that like really passion for nature really stem from? I think that also goes back to my childhood. So I always really liked being outdoors, 
Um, my family always had a big garden. My grandmother had like tons of flowers on her balcony. My dad had tomato plants and vegetable gardens and fruit trees. And I grew up in California. So we had just amazing abundance of fruit and vegetables in our back garden. Um, so I think I was just grew up around that. And then when I was 15 and I got my first job, I started working at a garden center and that was just the absolute best first job I could ever have. I worked there for seven summers between high school and college. And I just love being outdoors and watering the plants. And like people would come in and they'd be like, oh, I need a shrub for this area that needs to get this tall. And I was like, great, I have so many suggestions for you. So it was like, I just loved, I'm getting chills as I tell you this. I love that job so much. <laughs> I love just, you know, being outdoors and helping people with plants. And then as I grew up, you know, I got into hiking, trail running, I just really love being outdoors and I like encouraging other people to get outdoors as well. Yeah. And, and I will say that's definitely really cool. And I can feel your passion as you were describing, yeah. like your passion with nature and stuff. I know you mentioned hike, hiking. and I know you're in the California like region. Is there any like places that you recommend for people to hike around that area? Because I've no. never been out there. Yeah, I actually haven't lived in California since the 90s. I mm -hmm. spent a big chunk of time like moving. I lived in Spain. I lived in Costa Rica, Mexico, Argentina, Chile. And then I've been in England for the last 11 years. So in England, I can definitely recommend some trails. Um, we have this really great uh, network called the National Trails that are about between 100 and 300 miles long. Um, there's one called the South Downs Way, which is absolutely gorgeous. And that was the first trail that I hiked. Uh, we have the North Downs Way, which is near where I live. It's like 10 minutes away from my house. And it's just a great trail to run or to hike on. It's fabulous. So I love it. Yeah, that's really cool. And and you've been in all these like different places and stuff. Wow. Like as I was hearing your answer, you're like Chile, you've been <laughs> to England and stuff like, wow. Like as any out of all those places, have any one of them like really stood out to you that you really enjoyed like the most? it's hard to say because every country is so different and every country has been just absolutely wonderful. I mean, Mexico was I lived in Mexico for eight years and it was just gorgeous. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Um, and I, I really love England. You know, I, it's got great weather for being outdoors. I know people badmouth the weather here all the time, but like it doesn't get too hot. It does get too cold. It's drizzly, but like it's not that bad. Like as long as you've got waterproofs, it's pretty good for being outdoors. And I think also as a result of having lived in southeast Mexico for so many years, I can't handle the heat the way I used to. Like, I think it was just so many years of like high heat and humidity that I just my body is like no more. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I got you as well. I just I just heard your answer with that question. So I was like, wow, like this is definitely really cool. Um, but just continuing our conversation, I know you mentioned a lot about like your passion for nature. You've also talked a lot about like what you do for work. I know you also met like mentioned like you've done like a podcast and stuff. Yeah. How has that journey been like podcasting, interviewing guests and really getting getting the ground running with your own podcast? Well, I'm not much. <laughs> not much of a talker. And here I am talking to you. <laughs> but like, I never used to be a very great conversationalist. So the fact that I started a podcast was not something I ever thought I would do. Uh, I started my show back in 2013 because I couldn't find the kind of show that I wanted. So I wanted at the time uh, a podcast for women entrepreneurs, like solopreneurs, small business owners that interviewed women. And I couldn't find anything like that. Like podcasts back then were so it was so many men, so many men in the world of podcasting. And I think it probably still is kind of dominated more by men, but 
not 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 like it was nine years ago. Um, and I, so I just couldn't find a podcast where people just interviewed women and talked to women about their their struggles. So I thought, well, I guess I'm going to have to start it myself. Um, and that's how my podcast started. And then it evolved over the years as I evolved and as my interests changed. So now it's it's been renamed, rebranded. Re it's called Into the Woods and it's about personal growth through outdoor adventures. So I don't talk about business stuff anymore, but that's how the podcast started. Wow, that, that's a really cool story and stuff. And and I will say, like, from someone that is like podcasting and stuff, there is a lot of men that do that do podcasts. And there is like I've I've talked to a lot of a lot of people I have talked to that our podcasters are usually like men. So like hearing that story, Holly, that's definitely great. And for you to take initiative again and take charge, you know, is another step into your own spiritual journey. And that's a really cool title into the woods and stuff. Yeah. Um, when it comes to that, like how because I know you mentioned how like you can connect like with nature and like spiritual growth and stuff like that so like let's say like i'm on a hike how would i be able to connect myself more spiritually if you if you get what i'm saying with the question mm. yeah so i think i think there are so many ways i can answer that question so for starters one of the things that i've learned is like when i'm out in nature to slow down um to maybe sit on a bench or sit by a tree maybe close my eyes really tap into the sounds and the smells and and then open my eyes and see, really see the details of what's around me. So kind of combining that movement through nature with being still in nature. And I think that's a huge part of it. But I think also engaging in outdoor adventures and doing things like trail running and hiking, it's taught me so much about myself because it's kind of taken me outside of my comfort zone and it's brought up, you know, fears, blocks, self-opposed limitations. And it's really brought that stuff kind of up to the light where I can see it and go, hmm, I don't like that. Let's change that. And then work on myself in that way. So it's it's just a fantastic method of personal development. Yeah, I, I will say, because I, I mean, I, I usually go running too from time to time. And I know um, a lot of people that I do know that do run really, really tell me about when it comes like when they are running. It's just like it's a mixture like they obviously get a runner's high, but it's also yeah. like they're on, like they're slowing themselves down. Because obviously when you're doing so many projects or you're doing you're working all the time, you're doing so much like you need something to really just help you slow down. And I definitely think Holly like going on hikes and connecting with nature is definitely a good avenue for people to just slow down and you really start to understand yourselves a little bit more. Um, but building off of our conversation, I know, I know I you mentioned for yourself, like when you are hiking, like you're realizing more about yourself. It's really giving you like a different avenue. Um, so let's say someone is struggling, you know, just trying to find themselves or is in like a rut where mentally they're just not themselves. Um, what would you recommend for them so that way they can just get out of this rut and really just help understand themselves at the end of the day? Oh, I would say just get outdoors and do something that sounds like fun. So, you know, I run, I hike, you might go cycling, you might just sit and meditate, like just find something that you enjoy doing and do it outdoors. And I just, I think it's so beneficial. Like it just gets us out of, the office, it gets us out of the home, it gets us in a totally different environment. It just really helps us to connect with ourselves and to be aware and to be present. Because, you know, when you're outdoors, you've got the climate, you know, it might start raining or it might be cold or it might be hot. And so you become so much more aware of your body and how you're feeling. And then that can help you tap into, you know, emotional feelings in addition to physical feelings or physical sensations. So I just think anything you can do outdoors, give it a try. Yeah, Holly, I, I agree because 
for me, like, and like for everybody else, that's really like listening to this podcast and stuff. It's really just like what, like you said, like when, when you're in the office all the time or like whether you're home a lot, you know, like when you go outside, it's, it's a different feeling, you know, like you're doing something new. You're like you said, Holly, you're learning more about your body and stuff. So I really think that was a really great piece of advice that people listening to the podcast and also other people listening to the podcast can really just take that and run with it. Um, but just transitioning a little bit, I know we talked a lot about like your podcast, your passions, your your work and all that stuff. And you really gave some great advice um, transitioning to relationships a little bit, because we all know relationships are a big part of everybody's lives, whether yep. that's with friends, family, loved one. Um, Holly, for you. So like my first question is just when it comes to relationships, what are some qualities that you really look for in a friendship or and even like a romantic partner? Okay, let's start with friendship. Um, I look for friends that inspire me, that will help me grow, that will, you know, lift me up when I'm feeling down, but also that will be honest with me. I have, you know, a couple friends, three friends in particular that I can think of that there have been so many times that they've just been not brutally honest, but like unfiltered honesty with me, you know, where, you know, I'll say something and, you know, I've been making the mistakes, same mistake over and over again and just trying the same things. And, and I remember this one friend just one time looked at me and said, and how's that working for you? And I was like, oh, it's really not. <laughs> so it was like, I really value people who can say to me the things that I need to hear in a kind and gentle way, but like, but be honest with me because that's what helps me grow. That's what helps me fix my mistakes and do things differently and, and change the way I'm doing things. And that's how I achieve my goals by stepping out of my comfort zone. But sometimes I can't see the stuff that's like right in front of me. So it really helps to have friends that can be honest with me in that way. So yeah, that's what I value in friends and, and people that I just obviously enjoy spending time with, whether that's in person, a lot of my friends actually don't live in my local area. So they're kind of internet friends. So we see each other on zoom. Um, yeah. Okay, I got you. I got you. And now just like continuing building off. I know I said like friendships also for like romantic partners, too, because obviously yeah. there's a big distinct difference between like friendships and like a romantic yeah. partner. So I'm with the perfect person, really. So what is he like? <laughs> like we're great friends. We're great partners. We have great conversation. We have a lot of interests in common and we have a lot of separate interests. And we're okay with each of the other doing their separate things on their own. So I like to go camping on my own. He's okay with that. You know, he just, he did, I do this thing called workations where I kind of do a little personal retreat once a month where I go to a hotel or an Airbnb and I work on a creative project like a book. My husband started doing that as well. He just got back from a workation this morning. I'm fine with him going off and doing his things. Like we're really good about just being together and being apart and giving each other the time and space that we need. Cause we both, we live in a very small house and we both work from home. So we're kind of together all day. Um, but yeah, we just work well together. Like he's just an easy person to be around. You know, some people are like, you're always butting heads and some people it's just like easy and flow. That's him. I got you. Yeah. And that's definitely a cool answer and, and power for you guys for being able to be so independent and, and, and yeah. like being able to take your little like work vacations and stuff. That's definitely something that is good to hear, because especially when it comes to relationships, a lot of people can be codependent, you know, or a lot of people can really struggle with boundaries in relationships. So the fact that you guys are able to 
go off your own separate your own separate ways and then come back. That that's just great to hear, Holly. And I will say, um, that, and I definitely as I'm hearing your answer when it comes to relationships, it's sort of just like that need for independence. You know, you're able yeah. to do your own thing as well. Obviously, like you guys can still come together at the end of the day, but being independent and doing your own things, that's something that's important at the end of the day. Um, but just continuing our relationship conversation, this one's a little bit more funnier, you know. Um, I always ask my guests that come on this. So the question pretty much is like, what turnoffs do you have that you wouldn't have like a second date with somebody? Um, but like for me, does as you think about that answer, um, for me, I used to have like a test before I met my my current girlfriend now where like I would hand people the aux cord and depending on what they played, because I'm very big on music, that was like my little test. So Holly, for you, like, do you have like any test on like first dates or anything like that where you wouldn't have a second date if they failed the test? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, I would say anyone who's just not respectful to me, it's like the red flags because my previous relationship had a lot of red flags and I ignored them all for many years. Um, so I think it's stuff like not being respectful to me. You know, if you're going out on a date to a restaurant, someone not being respectful to the servers, um, not being respectful to other people around, that kind of thing is an absolute no-go. And people that don't respect boundaries. So that's, I've learned over the years that my boundaries are very important to me and I've been in relationships where they were not respected and that's, that's a big red flag for me. So yeah, major turn off. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, Cause boundaries are definitely important to have, you know, and yeah. for someone that has created a lot of great boundaries, power to you, Holly, for doing that. Cause I know for me, I, I've had to learn that a lot through my relationships is boundary setting. Um, and that leads me right to my next question. So just before we wrap up our relationship topic, um, what's some advice that you would give to people that are, you know, like struggling with like boundary setting in relationships, mm -hmm. really just need to hit that reset button, you know, and set those boundaries again? What's some advice that you would give to them? I would say do some journaling around how you feel about the current situation, like what you're uncomfortable with, what boundaries are being violated, what's making you unhappy. And then... I think a lot of people have problems with boundaries because they just don't believe that they're worth it or that they don't deserve to set boundaries. And, you know, a lot of times for me, this was the case, my self-esteem was so low, my self-confidence was really low. And I just didn't think I could set boundaries. So like, no, like give yourself permission to set boundaries, you know, know what you want, know where the lines are, know what it means when someone crosses a line and then uphold those boundaries. And also boundaries are like a muscle. Like it's really hard to uphold them at first and you feel like you're not being a nice person, but then you do it again and you do it again and it just gets easier. So just build that boundary muscle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it was definitely... so hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It, it's been hard for me too. I'm not going to lie to you from someone that is, a, like, I'm very big on like talking to people and stuff. I, I really had to learn uh, through my relationships in the past, just boundary setting and stuff like that. And I, mm -hmm. I like that analogy. It's like a muscle. I definitely think yeah. it's cool. That's definitely something you can visualize. The more you work it, the more stronger it becomes. So I, I, li I like that analogy, Holly. I, I like it. I like that little imagery. I was like very yeah. visualizing a muscle as you were describing your answer. Um, <laughs> but just continuing our conversation, I know we talk a lot about like relationships and work and passions and stuff. So now we'll get into a little fun. We'll talk a little bit about like astrology and stuff mm -hmm. and and I know for you, Holly, for the signs that I know really well, I know your sun sign. That's like who you are to your core um, on your chart. It says ASC, but it's called 
your rising sign. So that's mm-hmm. like how you appear to others. So mm-hmm. for yours, Holly, it's it's a Libra. So Libras are very mm-hmm. like social. They're they're like to talk to people. So that's how you appear as others to others. So like very social, want to put yourself out there. Very and Libras are also like the balance scale. So it's like taking like both sides of the like you. If there's an argument, like you're a very good mediator. So like that's how you appear to others. Um, but for you, so like your son is in Cancer. So like mm-hmm. cancers, that's like the universal like mother sign. So cancers are very like they're they really like to take care of people. You know, there's like a passion for helping others, um, and it's a water sign as well. So waters with water sign like very like emotional when it comes to that. And then your moon is in Aries. So Aries are very like fiery. You know, like they'll they're not scared to put themselves out there. They're very like. Um, they like they'll get in your face, you know. They're very blunt, honest. So like you have the mixture between the water and the fire. So the water is more like emotional intuition, you know, taking like understanding people, you know. And Aries is more like let's get the projects done, let's get the let's get everything done and stuff like that. So as I'm describing a little bit of like your sun and moon combination, how do you, how do you feel about it so far? Yeah, it makes total sense <laughs> because because I do have both of those sides. You know, I'm I'm very much a like let's get stuff done person, and you know I'm always like go 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 like doing the stuff. I have these projects. I'm really excited about them. I'm going to do this this and this, and also I'm really intuitive. And I'm yeah, it's it's a yeah, absolutely like that makes absolute sense to me. The the fire <laughs> and the water, and I think I think that's really interesting because I think they kind of balance each other out. I think it's. It sounds kind of nice, like when I hear you talking about it, I'm like, oh, that, that's good that I have both of those and I'm not like too extreme one way. Yeah, I got you as well. And uh, just continuing our, our astrology conversation. So I know uh, the website that I always have my guests that uh, you just Google your sun and moon if you're ever bored and want to like figure out more. Um, and it gives you a little reading. So a bunch of women teamed up together. They created this website called thehoroscope.co. I definitely 10 out of 10 recommend it for everybody that wants to learn a little bit more about astrology. Um, and for you, I just Googled your sun and moon, Holly, and for and it gives a little reading. So you're going to hear some positives, negatives, and all that fun stuff. So as I give your little reading, Holly, um, once I'm done, just let me know how you feel about it. So for you, Holly, you're a Cancer Sun and Aries Moon. So it says a sophisticated personality. So charming and sociable, the Cancer Sun Aries Moon personality always makes the best out of any chance to mingle with others and is a master at creating amazing first impressions. So positives for your Sun and Moon combination. Very independent, creative, and self-expressive. Negatives can be a little bit airy, a little bit complacent. Perfect partner, someone who challenges them, and word of advice for your sun and moon combination, they should avoid displaying unnecessary pride and ego. So as I'm giving you a little bit of a reading, Holly, what are some thoughts that come to mind? Yeah, a lot of it makes sense. And, you know, it's funny because I'm very much an introvert because I get really burnt out from too much social stuff. Um But I think this whole world of online connections and podcasts, like that's the kind of social engagement that I really enjoy and it doesn't drain me. And I think, you know, it's obviously taken until the internet kind of took off and all this social media stuff started to be able to recognize that because before this online world existed, I was very shy. I was very quiet because I just couldn't handle like a lot of social interaction. And I think that's absolutely true, but I wouldn't have recognized that 20 years ago because I didn't have the tools that would make my kind of social activity easy. 
Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and and obviously, like, there's more. They get more into like deep into it, and I'll send you the link once we're done the podcast, Holly. So that way you can read a little bit more. Um, but Holly, I really enjoyed our conversation. We talked a lot about like your journey, your relationships. You gave a lot of great advice, Holly. And again, like, I really enjoyed our conversation. Where can everybody check out your work between your books, podcasts, and all that fun stuff? Where can everybody find you? It's all on my website. It's hollywharton.com. That's H-O-L-L-Y, like the tree, W-O-R-T-O-N.com. All right, Holly. And, and all the, and the links will be in the show description, yeah. so that way people can check it out and all that fun stuff. But Holly, I will say I've enjoyed our conversation, and please stay safe. Will do. Thank you so much for having me.